Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everybody to the 123rd episode of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. Follow me on Twitter at GolfUnfiltered. Send me an email, GolfUnfiltered at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and I believe that's everything I've got these days. Tried to cut back a little bit on the uh, social media accounts. It's just a little too hard to manage. So uh, it's just me, myself, and I tonight, folks. Just wanted to have a quick update episode with you to give you an update on the status of my game to kind of close that loop on a video that I posted on my YouTube channel uh, not too long ago. Actually, probably over two months ago now. need to pick up that uh, <laughs> the uh, usage of that channel here. Um, in that video I'm referencing, I had mentioned that I'm trying to find the best type of irons for my game. Uh, not necessarily brand, make, or model, just what type of club should I be playing to get the most benefit out of them uh, for the way that I swing the club. Uh, currently, I am still playing a bladed set of irons, and I don't say that because I want all of you to be so proud of me. <laughs> but uh, uh, there's a little backstory to why I prefer the look and feel of a bladed club, even though my handicap, which is, you know, uh, it's an 8, but I, it, people say that I should be down to a 1 or a 2 or maybe a, a 3 if I'm going to play the clubs that I'm playing. Currently have the Mira MB001s in my bag. Uh, again, not saying that for you to feel good for me, but... Uh, uh, Long time ago, when I started playing this game, some 21-odd years ago, thereabouts, uh, first set of clubs that I ever played were uh, the Spalding Elites. If you gearheads remember those clubs, those were some beauties. I think the uh, the club heads were about the size of a small gardening shovel, probably about the same width and forgiveness level as well. Had the uh, persimmon matching woods that came along with the set. I, I loved those clubs. I think I still have them in the garage, actually played those for a year or so. They were a gift to me from my uncle. Afterwards, I think he may have went to a garage sale and bought me uh, what only equated to our knockoff Ping I-2s. I, I don't even remember the name of the clubs, but uh, they were another gift to me. And, uh, God, they probably wouldn't have uh, registered more than $10 now if you were to find them at a garage sale. Uh, they were okay. I played those for about another year and a half, but then shortly thereafter... After I uh, started working at a uh, at a country club in my hometown, in the bag room, good old Joliet Country Club, shout out to you guys. A uh, good friend of mine, a uh, great player, still somebody I uh, play golf with. Coincidentally, his name is also Adam. Uh, sold me his uh, Mizuno Tizoids. That's another name from the past, huh? I don't know. God, I, I wonder where... Oh, actually, I know where those clubs are, and that's another story for another day. Um, but uh, those are a little bit closer to the bladed look. They didn't have the thinnest top line in the world. They did have a little meat behind the uh, the club head, but still pretty small head. 
You needed to make solid contact in order to get that ball to go anywhere and do anything. And so I just kind of cut my teeth playing those types of clubs. So, after playing with those clubs, trying to get good with them, uh, my friends, uh, my beloved friends would invite me to go play money games with them after work at the club. We would play Defender, for those of you who know what that game is. It's awful. <laughs> it could be really bad really quick. Um, we, sometimes we would play maybe a skins game or something. But the uh, point being is I had to get really good really fast, otherwise I was going to lose all my money at the time. <laughs> at the time, I didn't have any. <laughs> I didn't have any money to be playing with, let alone uh, playing games against these two players. Uh, the two guys I'm referencing are both very good. They're uh, very low single-digit players. Uh, Adam, the guy that I bought the clubs from, was uh, a professional for a little while. Uh, so anyway, I, I just kind of uh, had to get good with these clubs, the style of, of bladed iron. Um, I've had a few other iron sets in, uh, since then. Uh, fast forward up to today with what I'm playing, and it just looks better. It looks and feels better. You know, looking down at the club, I like to. See, I don't want to see a big chunky hunk of metal behind my golf ball. Now, in the video I referenced at the beginning of this on the YouTube channel, I uh, wanted to compare the irons I'm playing now versus the Strixon Z765s, another great set of clubs. Put those in the bag for probably a month and a half. There were some very distinct characteristic differences with those clubs versus uh, what I'm playing. First and foremost, it's they had graphite shafts, which uh, I could take or leave. I don't know. Maybe I'll save that for another episode when we talk about the different types of club fittings and, and builds that you can get. But I uh, went back and forth between the two. I certainly hit the Srixons further. Um, my data would show that the shot dispersion was a lot tighter. Standard deviation was really small as well. But the one number that did, didn't change much was my score in comparison to what I'm playing today. At the end of the day, I think we would all agree that that's the most important number, right? Doesn't matter how far you can hit it if you can't get the ball in the hole. So, went back. Uh, actually, I remember when I went and played a course uh, twice in one weekend. I don't do that very often, but I did this weekend because I hadn't played the course before. It's George Dunn National in, uh, uh, where is that, Oak Forest, I think it is, Illinois? It's actually part of the Billy Casper uh, Golf Course Group. Great track if you're ever in the area. Uh, played it on a Friday with the Srixons, shot 88. Played it on uh, Sunday with the Miras, shot 80. Hey, you know, what can you do? It's the difference of two days. So, whole point in me sharing that story is uh, not only to give you some insight into what I'm playing now, but also just play what you like. My buddy Josh uh, Babbitt over at THP Media, um, shout out to those guys as well, especially those of you who may be listening to this on the THP Radio app. Uh, Josh agrees. He says, just play what you want. Play what you like. If it feels good, it looks good, and it makes you happy, do that. I'm beginning to agree with that. In fact, I do. So, if you can get out there and you can hit the ball and you can get the ball airborne and you can score really no different than what you're typically scoring, then you can look at that in two ways. One, those new clubs, the clubs that you're quote-unquote not supposed to play for your handicap level, uh, aren't really hurting you that much. And two, maybe go get a lesson. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's what I need to do. But uh, 
no, I, I take that. I've, I've actually been happy with the way I've played this year. Um, had the opportunity to test a lot of good golf balls. I'm going to start doing a little bit more uh, solo shows on this podcast with uh, review-specific content. That's a really fancy way and probably a wordy way of me saying that I want to uh, review more equipment on the show. It's going to be a little tough because obviously you can't see what I'm reviewing. But uh, hopefully I'll uh, help to educate a little bit too. During the day, when I'm not saving the world with this podcast, I, uh, I'm in data analytics. Um, I do it specifically for process improvement. I won't bore you with what all that means, but perhaps one day when we do an episode on uh, performance improvement in your golf game, I'll uh, get into more detail about that. But essentially... The way I test my equipment, if it's uh, testing better than what I'm currently playing, and it's statistically significant, I'll put it in my bag. I'm pretty brand neutral. I do have my favorites. I think anyone knows that. But if it's better than what you're currently perform or playing with, then why wouldn't you put it in the bag? That gets into a whole different discussion about preferences. I had mentioned the uh, THP radio group, thehackersparadise.com is a great website you can go on to, and I've been uh, chatting a little bit in their forum. They've got a great message board slash forum community. I threw a question out there regarding what, what, what are the main characteristics you look for in buying a driver? Well, people said distance, control, accuracy, a lot of different variables that only you can see after you actually hit the thing, but a couple people said that the biggest factor was the way it looked, the appearance of the club, which I found to be interesting. Sounds like another episode we can do as well. I'm just kind of outlining and listing out the topics I want to cover in the next few weeks. Hopefully we'll get these uh, podcasts out a little bit more uh, regular now that things have calmed down after the summer uh, is ending. I'll have more time to actually do this. But um, it's interesting because appearance, as I just mentioned in my uh, my iron search, was a big factor for me as well. I just liked the way something looked. You hear a lot about how people feel uh, about feel in a golf club when they hit it. Does it feel soft? Some people, I don't know any, but some people might actually like when the ball feels hard when you hit it. There's a lot that goes into feel. Sound, the way the sounded impact is a big factor. There's a lot of things that go into what you find most appealing in a piece of golf equipment. Along those same lines is the importance of getting custom fit. Now, we'll have more conversations about this on the show in the coming weeks, but a couple days ago, I had the opportunity to go visit Golf Tech Tech Fit in uh, Naperville, Illinois, actually. Shout out to my man Mike Rodriguez out there who helped me out. He's a great uh, and professional uh, certified club fitter. The importance of getting fit cannot be overstated. I've said that a few times. Um, it wasn't my first cl- uh, custom fitting in my uh, my life. Um, I actually had the opportunity to go out to Club Champion in Willowbrook, Illinois, uh, about a year ago. Shout out to Roger out there. Both Club Champion and Golf Tech uh, offer extremely good products. I had great times at both. I spent 
probably about an hour and a half at Club Champion, almost an hour at Golf Tech, and that was plenty of time for me to learn more than I had ever known about not only my game, but also just golf equipment. If you go out to the site, you're going to read the review of Golf Tech TechFit and my experience there. You're going to see some fancy words like sh- shot or, uh, shaft frequency, oscillation. I think that's the first time that I actually put the word oscillation in an article in a long time. Probably the last time was when that whole thing happened with Tiger Woods' golf ball. Remember that? I think that was at uh, the BMW in Lake, at Lake Forest. Man, I'm just covering uh, the whole map of Illinois in this episode. <laughs> but um, during my club fitting, I um, I was testing my driver. I had uh, never been fit for a driver. And I uh, just wanted to see if it was the best for my game. And lo and behold, spoiler alert, after an hour of hitting multiple golf shafts and club head combinations, the driver I currently have, the Callaway Epic, with the 50-gram Diamana shaft in my bag, is the best for me. It tested out the best. That was just complete coincidence. So, anyway, I learned a lot. And the most important thing I learned was the misconception that people have walking into a club fitting. It's not a major misconception, but... When you go for a club fitting, if you've never been for one, you probably, I hope, have some idea of what you're going to get into for your first fitting. You're going to talk about whether or not you've got the right club shaft. You're going to talk about whether or not you're hitting the right lie angle. In my case, I needed a degree flat. I never knew that. So that was an extremely eye-opening experience for me about a year ago, and it was reiterated uh, in my fitting at uh, Golf Tech. But one of the biggest things that you're not probably considering is just overall length of your current clubs. Now, I know that sounds funny. I know that people who have been through a fitting or who may do fittings for others say, yeah, of course you're going to consider club length. Why wouldn't you? That's one of the big variables that you want to consider. Length, lie, and loft, right? Well, I've been doing this for quite a while. I've been playing the game for quite a while. I never thought to measure the length of my current driver. I always assumed it was at 45 inches. Lo and behold, when Mike took my driver, measured it, it was at 45.75 inches. Almost a full inch long. Now I'm about 5'9", 5'10". They go and they they measure your height as well as your wrist, uh, the, the length of the, uh, or the distance from the floor to your wrist. And then they will make a recommendation on the length of club that you should be hitting. After going through that process, I was told I should not hit a driver longer than 45 inches. So, what does that mean for my game? Well, it means the same for anybody. If you've got the wrong length club, you're not going to make center of the face contact as often as you would like. And I see that with my driver. Again, I just thought it was a shitty swing. Probably still is, <laughs> to be completely honest. But just the fact that I'm setting myself up for failure using a piece of equipment that is not specifically fit to me kind of puts me behind the eight ball. So I cannot, again, I cannot overstate how important it is for everybody listening to this. If you're a serious golfer, you really want to get better at the game, I don't even care if you go play golf twice a month. Just go get custom fit. You don't have to buy any other equipment. Yes, these places are going to 
uh, try to upsell you a little bit. I mean, they're a business for crying out loud. That's the name of the game. That's how things operate. I think you all understand that. But that doesn't mean you have to buy anything from them. I think that's a big fear that people have with custom fitting. Not only the initial cost of the fitting, which, I mean, it's, is not insignificant. But then, what am I going to be pressured into buying afterwards? And if I like the experience enough, is that pressure going to come from me, from the player getting fit more than anything? Who knows? I don't know. But you know what you can do is you can go, you get fit, you get all your specifications, the recommendations from your club fitter, and you get this nice either report, PDF, printout, whatever, however they do it. You take that sucker with you, and you go and you buy used. Now, I'm sorry. I know some people listening to that are going to say, well, why wouldn't you support your local club pro? Why wouldn't you support your local club fitter and buy clubs from them? I'm not telling you not to do that. If you want to, fine. The point is, is not everyone can do that. Yet everybody wants to enjoy the game. When we talk about how expensive things are, golf equipment is probably, well, is the biggest expense, at least in the short term. Because then you got to cough up, what, $50 a round if you want to play somewhere decent? Get your spec sheet, get your recommendations, check out eBay, go out to sidelineswap.com, had those guys on the show not too long ago, and look at what's for sale. Chances are, you might find something that fits exactly what you need. Now, club fitters can get down to some very intricate details. They can get down to the probably the millimeter in terms of, you know, lie angles, lofts, and everything else. I guess that wouldn't really apply to angles, but whatever, you understand my point. They can get down to a really fine, fine increment of whatever measurement you're looking at. But most golfers don't need that. Most amateur players, you and me, we don't need that. Just get what is recommended and you'll find it somewhere. I've done it. I, I, I do it very often, actually. I have not yet been disappointed. So, the importance, again, getting go, going out, getting custom fit. I know I've said that a few times, but I'm going to continue to say it until I'm blue in the face, until people go out and do that. Let's get to some Twitter questions. I had asked not too long ago uh, on Twitter... If anyone had any questions about anything they wanted to ask me, because I knew I was going to do this solo show tonight. Got a good response. The first from uh, At The Par Train. Now, I want to just talk a little bit about these guys. Um, they're a new podcast, and they don't know I'm doing this, but uh, I really like them. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're really good. They're really, really good. There's, there's one main quality of any podcast, regardless of topic, regardless of genre, that is so critical, and that's sound quality. There are some podcasts out there, uh, yes, even in the golf space, that are extremely popular, but don't sound great. I know mine was in that bucket for quite a while. I just, I think for a while I was recording on my iPhone. Uh, these guys' podcast is really good. Um, they got a good dynamic between the two of them. They got some good uh, episodes in there. I think fourteen or fifteen now. Go out and check them out. Anyway, they send 
a Twitter question. The best kind of golf shot to play with Taylor's new song in the background. Oh, God. They're uh, <laughs> they're referencing Taylor Swift's new song, Look What You Made Me Do. Uh, folks, um, you know, I just am so removed from what good music is nowadays. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like a grandpa because I know I'm not that old. I'm 35. But... That song is trash. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're a, a Taylor fan, but holy cow, that, that song was awful. Um, the best shot I would play, they recommend to play the Stinger 3 metal. <laughs> I mean, I can't disagree with that. I mean, I, anything that's going to make a lot of lot of noise so I don't have to listen to that song, I think, is my, my option, guys. So uh, thanks for sending in the question. Another one comes in here from at Dennis on Mars. That's an interesting... Uh, oh, it's Denison. Hmm, I get it. You uh, did a really uh, interesting thing with your name there. Uh, do you buy into the theory that Bran Stark is the Night King? He's got a two-parter in his tweet, so I'll answer the first question uh, first. Um, he's referencing, of course, the uh, the Game of Thrones uh, show. Um, I am so upset about Game of Thrones. I, I do not watch the television series. Uh, I read the books. I was a huge book nerd. I still am. Um, I like uh, I like reading, and uh, those books were extremely, extremely good. Uh, I think the last one that actually had been published is the Dan- uh, Dance with Dragons, and then all of a sudden they stopped, and then all of a sudden the epi- the uh, TV series surpassed the books, and uh, yeah, that pretty much just threw me off it. I gotta be honest. I've not watched. I I know what happens. I mean, you can't go on the internet or Twitter nowadays without getting seeing spoilers. So I know the origin story of Hodor. I know what uh, Denison is referencing regarding Bran Stark and the Night King. Um, honestly, I, this is such a cop out answer, but I really don't care. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Apparently, Bran Stark, if I remember correctly, uh, has the ability to take on other, you know, to like go into the the minds of other things and. Uh, there's this theory that he might be the Night King, the the super bad White Walker, uh, when Winter arrived. Uh, probably. Who cares? I mean, I don't know. I'm still pissed off at George R. R. Martin for not finishing the books. But um, yeah, sorry. I I just uh, if that's what if that's what makes you happy, then that theory, then then go with it, buddy. I mean, I at this point anything can happen. The second part of your tweet is who is your fave golf vlogger? I've got a few. I'm a big YouTube uh, junkie, uh, especially when watching uh, people do golf equipment reviews and, you know, online lessons, probably to a fault. Um, I like Mike, uh, Mark Crossfield. Um, he can get a little pompous at times, I feel, but uh, he's got a lot of great content. He does it very often. He's adding a little bit um, of variety to his, his vlogging. Um He's bringing his family in too. I think that's really cool. Uh, so you know, we kind of he kind of personalized it a little bit, and of course there are others also. I mean, there's um, uh, Rick Shields, there's Peter Finch, um, this guy Brandon Devore. He's really good at Be Better Golf. Uh, they all kind of take their own little. Uh, they take their own, um, or they offer their own take. Geez, spit it out, Adam, <laughs> on uh, not only golf instruction but also equipment. So those are a few that I really enjoy. Um, another question comes in, uh, from at big time South, one last round of golf anywhere in the world, where, why, and with who, um, man, one last round, uh, 
if it's a course that I've played before, I really like Eagle Ridge. Uh, there's four courses out there. Um, everyone who has heard that name in Galena, Illinois, uh, knows of the general. Um, that's a great course, don't get me wrong, but of the four courses out there, I actually prefer the north course. Um, I just think some of the views are nicer around the lakes out there. Um, I would probably play there. Uh, I would probably play with uh, two buddies of mine, uh, Adam and Matt, who I uh, play golf with uh, now still and have for most of my life. Um, if I if it was only a foursome, I'd include my dad, and if it was a fivesome, if we can get out there with five guys, I'd uh, bring my father-in-law also. So uh, it would just be a fun time. I mean, we'd probably take six hours to play, but it would be a, it would be fun. Uh, oh, my buddy Jimmy at Tiger Golf Traveler, he's been on the show twice. Best golf course you've played, and then another two-parter: Sopranos, The Wire, or Breaking Bad. Well, the best golf course I've ever played. Man, I haven't played many. I know that's shocking. Um, I just try to stick to uh, the, the courses I know, which I, I need to get out and play more. But um, I did play, I think it was Indian Wells was the name of it, in Los Angeles. I played in the ESPN Celebrity Golf Outing back in 2012, I think. Um, I I think that was the name of the course. The course was really fun, but I think the context of the event added to the its allure. Um I really like Cantini. Cantini in Wheaton, Illinois. Um, fantastic 27 holes. Uh, just really well done. Great layout. Just immaculate condition every time I go out there. Um, and I'm sure that there's probably... Obviously, there's other courses I need to play that are probably better than the two that I just mentioned. Uh, the Glen Club is also pretty good. Um, but any any one of those, Jimmy... Uh, and then as far as The Sopranos, The Wire, or Breaking Bad, well, I've seen all of Breaking Bad. I watched probably two or three seasons of The Wire, and only about a handful of episodes of The Sopranos. Uh, so I'm very biased in this. I prefer Breaking Bad. I think that's just a fantastic show. Um, very similar to that show right now is Ozark on Netflix. That's a fantastic show. Jason Bateman does a great job. From a guy that you typically just figure... I mean, you, you think the guy from Dodgeball, right? The announcer, the, the whack job announcer in Dodgeball, the movie. He does a great job in this, in Ozark. So certainly a shout-out to him on that. Let's see if there are any others here. Uh, oh, from uh, at Murdoch the Lab, Mr. Fudgy. Uh, most comfortable waterproof golf shoes. Um, I, I did try out the new uh, elements from True Linkswear, at least a version of them, and... Uh, while the the waterproof element was great, my, my feet stayed dry on a uh, very wet course when I played them, the comfort level was a little suspect. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was, I don't know. I don't know. I, I should go out and play with them again, but uh, my feet ached after uh, after wearing those shoes. But, um, you know, True Links Wear overall makes some great golf shoes. I love that brand, and they've got some really good waterproof shoes as well. Uh, so I would say anything from from them... Uh, from the waterproof category, and, and more often than not, the comfort. I just think maybe I had an, an off day uh, with the uh, shoes that I tested. So, All right, let's see if there's anything else here. Um, oh, we got one final one here from at Rob Roth. New York or Chicago-style pizza and why? Rob, that's an easy one. I live in the area, so Chicago. Um, and that's really all the reason you need. But actually, uh, I, I 
kind of, I, I'm not a huge fan of deep dish pizza. Um, I know that's almost sacrilege from somebody who lives in this area, but it's it's just it's a lot. I like to uh, I like thin crust. You know, I like thin crust. I like uh, you know maybe Italian beef on it, maybe some jardinier. You know, um, that that's a good pizza to me. Uh, deep dish, even though well, if it's deep dish from Lou Malnati's, um, no offense to you Giordano fans. Uh, that's 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 probably pretty good, but yeah. Anyway, thank you for sending in those questions. Um, thank you again for downloading and listening to this episode of the podcast. We're going to be uh, trying to bring some some more shows here on a little bit more regularity. I know that's I say that pretty often, but uh, let's get a few shows in the hopper here so we can keep the content coming to you. Uh, do us a favor. The best way you can support this show is to go out and rate us five stars on iTunes. Write us a review. Um, leave honest feedback. If there's something that you like what we do and you want us to do more of it, let us know. If you uh, don't like something that I do, then go ahead and write that in there too, and I'll take that feedback in stride also. So uh, aside from that, again, follow me on Twitter, at Golf Unfiltered, and you can send me an email. I love your emails. Feel free to please continue to send them along. Golfunfiltered at gmail.com. Until next time, folks, thanks for listening. This is your buddy Adam signing off.